Yo, 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 yo. Here we are for episode four as we interview the Tom French on talks that do not suck. How are you, brother? Pretty good. Pretty good. Keen for number four. Awesome. Well, we've enjoyed our journey. Uh, we just last week looked at how to give the talk. What do you do during it, after it? But this week, it's up to wherever we head. Uh, we're looking at the extra stuff. Part five of your book, you've got a few little bits and bobs and pieces that everyone should know. I really like this section. Um, and hopefully we're going to see where, uh, what comes up. And then we've got um, another live time with Tom French in 20 yeah. minutes. So you can come in with your questions. Yeah. Because we care about you. Yeah, we do. And we're doing this whole thing because we want to build up preachers, young and old. Um, we're in the middle of our spring appeal and for Soul Survivor. We want to build as um, we kingdom, God's kingdom, be built up. So, Tom, what would be your number one tip in the extra stuff we need to know? N number one tip. Uh, I think that the probably the the pressure for youth talks is that you've got to be funny. Like, mm. got to, you have to make a lot of jokes and, you know, or show really funny videos or any of that kind of stuff. And, and I, I don't, I don't think we need to have that pressure when we're talking to teenagers. We can have fun. Teenagers love to have fun as much as anyone, maybe more than lots of, you know, people. Um, so you can have fun, but you don't need to be funny. Like you don't have to have a lot of jokes. If you're not that good at making jokes, then you don't don't make jokes because you just look like someone who's not that good at making jokes. But if you have fun, that's a whole nother whole nother thing that you can you can get on with. Like that that is about like um, engaging uh, like truthfully with young people, not taking yourself too seriously. Um, a lot, like joining, it, it happens, you know, outside the talk, a lot of it, like, so joining in games, um, like getting right in there, um, laughing at other people's jokes, um, having, you know, dressing up when it's, when they're dress up nights, uh, answering all the stupid questions that you get asked when there's uh, like an interview, all those things you can do to have fun so that when you, when you're actually doing a talk, the young people who are listening will engage with you as someone who, you know, is willing to uh, engage with them on their level and not not be too much of a sad sack. Um, and you don't have to feel the pressure of like, oh, I've got to make these great jokes. You're just like, it's got to be me, but I've got to be relaxed me who doesn't take me too seriously. So maybe that's maybe that's my number one extra tip. Nah, that's, that's a really cool way of putting it, having fun with the youth. But Tom, you are a funny guy. Some some laugh at my jokes. Do some not laugh? <laughs> my wife doesn't laugh at a lot of my jokes. <laughs> but but even was... even for a funny guy like you, um, you could just be the funny guy. But it's important, I, th I think, from what I'm hearing, that like even bigger than that is that you're engaging with the youth. You have fun with them. You connect with them. Joining the games, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a lot more important than. Um, being funny like being funny is fun like it's really enjoyable to listen to the talk where there's lots of good jokes um 
But in the end, the most important thing in the talk isn't that there's lots of good jokes, but that someone is faithfully bringing God's word to you and applying it to your life. Um, and so as you speak to young people, um, by not taking yourself too seriously and by engaging with them on their level, by joining in all the extra stuff that's going on at youth group, like that's the stuff where, where young people will actually connect with you if you're that kind of person. Like, and so, so then when it actually comes time to give your talk, um, if you're not, if you don't have all the jokes, that's fine. But because you are someone who they can connect with and they've seen you connect with them outside of um, the talk, uh, then they will be able to hear what the message that you've got to bring. And so mm. that that's when it actually, like, that that's that's when it's it's got the power. So it's not not really the jokes. The, the, the thing for me about jokes and fun stories. Uh, like they just serve the purpose really of keeping people engaged. And so mm. you can keep people engaged with ways that aren't super funny, but it's just to be like, all right, here's the, the thing that will keep you focused so that when, when we're talking about the really good stuff of what the Bible has to teach us, that you're, you're locked in because you've had all the extra stuff that's been going on. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's really cool. Um, because, I just had a mental blank. No worries. <laughs> I was about to go, I'll cut this. Um, oh, that's right. I was going to kind of build on that, on how to tell fun stories to connect Great. to youth. Great. Yeah, that's very cool. You're really <coughs> good. You are funny, but I also appreciate that. And I think we talked about this around episode two. Of, of telling um, stories um, that are fun and they're actually just normal things from everyday life. And they really help connect your audience, your congregation, um, but they're actually quite simple. So, so could you help some of us who maybe aren't naturally storytellers or joke tellers or funny people, but how do we connect to youth using everyday examples? Give us maybe, yeah, how to do that and an example. So how we tell stories, I think, like I said in the the first the first time we talked about this, was I make sure that their the stories are personal and I make sure that they are relatable. And so you can have things which are personal, relatable, which are super simple, uh, like um, you know something that young people will do with their life. So catching public transport, young people would probably do that regularly because um, they don't drive and they want to get places unless, you know, mum, dad drives them everywhere, but a lot of young people have that experience. So if you've got like experiences of like public transport, say that, that you have experienced and a young person experienced, then you can tell something about that. And so one of the things that I find, you know, stressful about public transport is say, if I've got to catch a bus for the first time, uh, then I, I don't know like where the stop is. And so, you know, like I'll be on my phone and I'll be you know, following where I am on the phone and, you know, watching where the stops are so that I don't get off at the wrong place. And I want to look like I'm doing the, I know what I'm doing. And then sometimes I've gotten off the bus stop at, at the wrong spot, but I've done it confidently because I don't want anyone to look at me and be like, Oh, you know, that guy doesn't know how to catch a bus. And so that's the kind of story that I can tell. Um, and I'm guessing that other people will, feel that kind of insecurity of like catching public transport or 
um, the insecurity of you know wanting to look like they know what they're doing. And so that's relatable and it's personal. And that story is not that not really that funny. Like there's no punchline in there. Um, the only thing that I've got going on there though is that I'm not the hero of the story. And as if we want to tell stories that are fun, one of the important things is to remember that you don't have to be the hero and you probably shouldn't be the hero of most of your stories. Like you can tell stories at your expense um, mm. and that will that will help people to connect with you because most of our experience of ourselves is not that we're like, wow, I'm amazing. But it's like, oh my goodness, you know, I'm such an idiot. Like, you know, what are people thinking about me? Like we all feel pretty, pretty insecure and so when when you can put your insecurities on the outside and people can see that um, then they will be able to connect with you like that's that's relatable and even if you tell a story that's you know totally outside the realm of the experience of your listeners but your emotional life is um, is the same as what they're experiencing then they can still connect with that um, and so you can tell a story, say, if you're talking about, you know, sharing your insecurities, if it's like, you know, I was feeling this insecurity when I was, you know, climbing Everest, not that I ever have, but you can, you know, build the, like the emotional life of that, that people are going to recognize in lot, all different spaces, then you can tell that story. But as much as possible, I like to keep things, you know, the same shared experience um, so that your stories will connect. Um, a couple more maybe tips for reaching and, and connecting to the young peoples that we talk to. Yeah, well, I think the thing that I keep kind of going on about is just be yourself and engage with young people. Like there's stress, I think, sometimes also that we feel is like you got to talk in a way that connects with young people. you got to be cool, but you don't have to be cool. And in fact, you shouldn't be cool. Like if you're not cool, don't be cool because you'll just look like someone who's trying too hard. So don't try and be cool. Don't try and use youth language. Um, like you don't have to use fam correctly. I didn't even know if I could use it correctly. If I'm like, hey, fam, and then people are like, no, nah, you're doing it all wrong. And they would just laugh at me. Just talk like you do. And if you like, if you're young and you talk like a young person, then go for it. But if you're like me and you're 36, then talk like a 36 year old, because what? Yeet. Yeet. I'm always, I'm always yeeting along. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So just be yourself, and and that that genuineness is actually what will connect with young people, not that you know how to talk like them because they understand English. They're going to understand what you say. You're not going to need to translate things for them. And, you know, and then you'll save a lot of time on Urban Dictionary as well, trying to figure out all the things you're meant to be saying. So be yourself and that'll be what connects. Mm. Although Urban Dictionary, very helpful to understand them. But yeah, you look, don't need to use it. If they're using a word <laughs> and you didn't understand it, you can look it up. But what I think actually is better is if they're using a word and you don't understand it, ask them. And then you get time to connect with them and learn about their world. Cool. I, had a, I had a girl at youth group the other week was like, oh, youth, the Instagram for youth is cursed. I'm like, 
what do you mean by cursed? Explain this to me. And so then we got to have a long conversation about what cursed means. And I, I'm not sure I'd fully understand, and I definitely wouldn't try and use it in a sentence properly. But it was a good conversation, and I, I know more now about cursed than I did before. Was it good or bad? <laughs> Matt, I think it was like, uh, this is, you know, difficult being on the internet, but I think it was badish. But uh. it wasn't bad. Like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, man, this is terrible. But like, you got some weird things going on on your Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, when Lit came out, it's like, well, was Lit like a bad fire or a good fire? You know, like. Yeah. Yeah, well, we figured it out now. It's good and everyone's not using it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, that's fine. Yeah, well, maybe they're not using it. I don't know. See, I'm 36. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> love it love it well look the other little extra section which I, i'm keen to talk about and, and at soul survivor we love our, our response times and we've really appreciated the last few years uh, you have a real gift at leading people um to the altar call and and you have your own ways of doing that that is, is really real and transparent talk us through yeah what what, what does the altar call look like for you for you yeah so, so I, th I think the thing that i'm I feel like I'm most comfortable with is the bit where the do you want to become a Christian part? Like, because oh, I spend a lot of time doing talks where that's one of the things I have to do is we're like, we're going to have a time, a response time where you can, if you're not a Christian, you can give your life to Jesus. If you, you know, are a Christian or like you previously committed to Jesus, but you want to recommit, we're going to give you space to do that. And so for me, like, it's really important that you have a lot of transparency around what's going to happen. So the the issue is when we try and manipulate people into responding to Jesus and um, we want to get as many people down the front as possible. And, and none of that is useful because what's important is really what's going on in someone's heart. It's not about how good you look because you've got, you know, 70 crying people at the front of the room. Like that might make you feel powerful and important, um, but that's not that makes no difference to what's actually going on spiritually if you've manipulated them to get there. And so for me, one of the first things I do is before I do a talk, if I'm going to say, give people the chance to become a Christian at the end of the talk, then at the beginning of the talk, I say, uh, I say, I'm going to give you the chance to become a Christian. So pay attention to what I'm saying and see whether you think this is something that you want to commit to. So we're not tricking anyone into anything. And love it. And even perhaps, you know, that, that could, can be something that we could do with other response times. If we feel like there's something particular that God wants to do that night, then beforehand we say, we, we feel like God might be wanting to do this later. So as we listen to this talk, be asking God, is this what you're doing in me right now? Um, like sometimes things are more spontaneous than that. But if you've got that inkling, then we can, we can say that. So... Mm -hmm. Then I make sure that as I'm doing a talk, I clearly explain the gospel because that's important. That you want people committing them; they know what they're committing themselves to. That they you know the the truth that um, they are committing themselves to Jesus as Lord, who died for them, so that they can be forgiven and they can repent of their sins, but then they can be empowered to live for Him. Um, and there's a so there's a there's a kind of salvation and forgiveness, but then there's a 
a welcoming into God's family and then mm. a requirement to now live for Jesus. So it's not just a you get this, but there's a you are now there's a responsibility now to live for him. But you have the hope of the resurrection. And so you make sure you kind of explain all those things. So then when you say, do you want to come down the front? You know what they're committing to. Mm. Um, so then the thing that I'll do is I'll, I'll often say, I'm going to say a prayer now. And I say the sinner's prayer. And I say, you can say this with me. Um, I explain what the prayer is before I pray it because you don't want to start praying a prayer and then you get to this thing in the middle where you're like, oh, I don't know if I agree with that. So you explain the prayer before you pray the prayer. And my prayer is really simple. It's just, um, you know, like, sorry for the things I've done wrong. Thank you that Jesus died for me. Please forgive me. Thank you that I've forgiven. Help me now to live for you. Like that's pretty much the, the yeah. basic thing. And then when you pray the prayer, like a really practical thing is that, you pray and you say it and then you leave space for people to say it in their hearts. And to do that, you have to, you just say it again. So I'll be like, dear God. And then in my head, I'll be like, dear God, I'm like, I'm sorry that I have not lived your way. And then in my head, I'm like, I'm sorry, I've not lived your way. Because uh, sometimes you hear people and they'll be like, dear God, I'm sorry that I've not lived your way. Please help me now live for you. And then go, oh. <laughs> so, just, you know, say it in your head. And then uh, then I'll say, okay, if you said that prayer, um, I want you to, you can stick up your hand and let me know. And that's helpful just for you, just to be like, you know, did people respond? It's helpful for youth leaders to be paying attention and be like, oh, who said the prayer so I can follow them up later? And then often I'll, I'll, I'll say, okay, now I'm going to invite you to come down the front. And we're doing this as a physical response, like, because we want to say we're going to stand up for Jesus and make this physical commitment to him. No one has to do it. Their salvation is not reliant on whether they are down the front or not. Their salvation is not reliant on whether they say the prayer or not. Like their salvation is reliant on whether they're trusting Jesus as their savior. And that can happen that night. It can happen before that night. It can happen after mm. it. It can happen anytime and God's going to do it how he wants to do it. But sometimes it's really useful just to have a point in time. You say, yes, I committed. And yes, I made a, I did a physical thing to show that I had committed. So it's a lot more about what's going on for the person committing than it is about what's actually, you know, like there's some spiritual kind of, you know, mm. change that happens in them. Um, but just so like I've got this place where I stepped over a line and made this response. And so I invite people to often to come down the front so that we can connect with them and pray with them. And then usually we'll find someone, we'll leave to go and chat. And then I go through, I chat with people and I go through the gospel again to make sure they know what it is they've committed to. Because, uh, you know, sometimes you can have misunderstood what's going on. And then I explain how it is you now live for Jesus. And my basic things are like you're in a family now and and God wants to, you know, get to know you better or well, you want to get to know him better. So you've got to be spending time hearing from him in his word, speaking to him in prayer, living the way he asks you to, and hanging out with his family. And they're the things that if you do them, you'll keep walking along with Jesus. And all the extra stuff that comes with it after that, they can sort that out. But you get those basic things down, they're going to keep growing as a Christian. And then and make sure you celebrate because it's really exciting what's just happened. Yeah. So one of probably the most fun parts of Soul Survivor, I think, are when people have 
committed their lives to Jesus and then everyone's cheering and then you get to sing a song of celebration. Like, mm. like there's nothing better than that. Um, yeah. So there you go. Altar calls. So, so good, man. So good. And, and, and it's been cool because honestly, I, I, I really value the way you, everything you've just shared is, is how you've, you've led it. And we've seen people um, give their life to Jesus, but they really know both what's been happening in their hearts and then also what's ahead. And so, man, thank you. And, and I'm excited that this is in your book and that everyone that's listening can, can hear this. So I think that's a wrap, brother. Hey, right. thank you. Thank you so much for um, these four interviews. Um, thank you for writing Talks That Don't Suck. Um, yeah. we're, we're excited to see this equip um, youth leaders, young people, and anyone that just a clear little book on all the little steps towards learning how to write and present and give a talk, um, how to be yourself and how to let God take you on that journey. Um, this has been a fun experiment as we explore putting each of these up for a watch party. Um, we're about to have our fourth live and yeah. also put these up on a podcast um, for people to be able to listen that have missed out. Great. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, we're going to go do live to Q&A now. I'll see you soon. Catch you, bro.